Oh, jeez. Yeah, <laughs> oh, fuck, I almost dropped that. Yeah. Um, I'm Andy. I'm Kana. And this is Diplomacy Game. Podcast. all things diplomacy. Indeed you do, it is. Where are we drinking? So we're at the Beach House Bar and Grill, which is kind of like... It's like a, it's, it's themed to look beachy to a certain extent. Kind of. Smack bang in the centre of the city. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But at the same time... Yeah, it's got no beach near it. Nothing. Nothing. No, no, no ocean, no waves. Um, you'll probably hearing the traffic noise in the back. Yes, hopefully the um, the little dead rabbit or whatever it is that's on top of the... I don't know what it is. It's not dead rabbit. It's a, it's a fake artificial, you know, windsock. Having said that, I come here sometimes for a quiet state. Oh, know, people watch. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, it's got a good view over you know one of the more busy pedestrian crossings. It does, it does so, indeed. Yep. Um, that's easy with the mic. Yeah. So, but but um, this isn't a um, you know touring Brisbane bars podcast. Although it probably is actually pretty close to that. Part of it. Is. I don't know. It would be interesting <laughs> to know if there's a podcast out there of someone else that goes around to bars in Brisbane. Bars in Brisbane. Bars and bars and hotels in Brisbane. What are you drinking? I'm having a Diarenberg football Shiraz. Any good? It's it's not a bad drop. It's I've, I've had this one before. It's a very good solid two supply centres with you know a really solid alliance being formed in your in your first year, and you go, yeah, this is going to work. Oh, that sounds very like it. That's a promising drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. How about you? Um, I've got a fat yak. Um, which is uh, it, it's a go-to opener. Yeah. Right. So it's um, it's an agreed bounce in Galicia. Okay. It's, um, you know what you're going to get. I thought it was going to be more like you know something just that you just kind of just go into. It's nice and very predictable, but very you know what the outcome's going to be. You know, Edinburgh to Norwegian Sea, London to North Sea, Yorkshire, sorry Liverpool to Yorkshire. Yeah, a box standard opening. You know what you're going to get. Um, no surprises in the English Channel. Yeah. You know you're going to get a bill. <laughs> anyway, cheers. All right, cheers, cheers, cheers. Ah. Um, well, it's a, it's, it's a, how would you say it? A, an inverse to our normal, um, our normal role most recently, uh, when uh, oh, yes. the, the guys from DVN contacted us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think today when we were recording the, um, Deadline News came out where we got contacted and participated in a panel conversation about variants. I thought for me it was a bit of fun, like being on the reverse side of the interview process of having been asked questions. Yeah, no, that was a bit of fun. It was a bit of fun. Um, I totally agree. Uh, I found uh, one thing I'm really conscious of is I think. I talk too much in this podcast, and I should let you talk more. Me? Yeah, 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 yeah. No. So, so often I kind of must find myself going, okay, wait a sec, stop fucking jumping in, let Kana have his say. And it was like that on steroids for this, because we're not hosting, we were the, the guests, and it was just... Yeah, I had to, had to wait for the question. Like, wait for the question, and then just, you know... I have to say that those guys have their shit together a bit more than we do when it comes to interviews. Um, but we were sent a, a list of questions. Yeah. Well, we used to do that years ago. 
Then we just sort of started going a bit more free fall. Yeah. I don't mind the free falling. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it suits our style. It is. It's yeah. very Australian. Yeah, she'll be right. <laughs> she'll be right. And and as and as usual, kind of we were um, shown up dress wise by obviously the illustrious host uh, David Hood. Oh yeah. Um, and I think at the time, was I? No. When I recorded that, I was in isolation, wasn't I? Not, yes, you were. Yep. And then subsequently to... got COVID. Yes. And, but you're feeling better, mate, now. Oh, I feel yeah. fucking fantastic. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, I kind of was fortunate that I didn't get COVID. I got COVID very, very lightly. And I know a lot of other people have obviously had far worse, in some cases, tragic experiences in their family with that. So. True. Yep. Um, so glad you came through that and was a mild place. I, I just the uh, moral of the story is make sure you get your third booster and if you haven't, do. I think you have already. Yeah, I have. Yeah, actually, one of the guys where I work, he uh, he caught it and he caught it bad. But he he had three doses um, and he was yeah, he was pretty ratchet apparently. Um, you know, the moral of the story there is like, you know, imagine how bad that would have been if he hadn't had his doses too. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Intensive care or something, probably. Well, you, think, you think back to when the whole thing started, two years ago, and no one knew a fucking idea what the hell this thing was. Yeah. And there was like, I mean, we went through like, was it a year or more with no vaccines? And then... Yes. And then, of course, some parts of the world decide to go, no, we don't want a vaccine. Uh, yeah, well, let's not go to the whole vaccine thing. Anyway. Um... But yeah, it's um, it, it's uh, it, I haven't caught it yet. That's my. Um, well, I found out. And... I found out today that uh, my son got COVID today. Oh, oh, are you going back? Does that mean you have to go no, back? No, 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 no. Because okay, so the way I got COVID, listeners may kind of like the story, they may not. So if you don't like this story, fast forward and just skip it. Skip to. I know this show is going to take about two minutes. Two okay. minutes. So. My mother-in-law, okay. uh, so Mrs. Ambie's mum, uh-huh. she went on a trip down to Victoria, like a bus tour, okay. with a whole heap of other old ladies, Yes. and her and her friend kind of wore masks at the start in the bus because, you know, they didn't want to get COVID and a bit worried about being in a confined environment, especially when there were a number of other ladies there who were kind of coughing quite a lot. Uh, yes. But then they thought, you know what, we're kind of looking like the odd person out here with no mask on. So let's take our masks off, even though there's now even more people coughing, and the people that started coughing are feeling even worse. Oh. But better okay. yet, I'll take down two rat tests, but never use them on myself, or anyone else. And why would you? Why would you? Yeah. And then, after the trip, catch a train up to, we are on holidays up on the Sunshine Coast, put a train up to uh, Landsborough, I picked her up, hadn't told us any of this issue, or any concern about what had happened down there. It only came up in passing days later or no yes yes, yes. Yeah, a couple of days later. and um so then i kind of picked her up in the car was my sister-in-law was out from the uk who has a immunocompromised husband which is fortunate in the sense that they had COVID 12 weeks prior so they probably were actually recovered okay yes yep her ex-husband you know my father-in-law and his remarried wife from the last 15 years so everyone in that car ended up getting COVID except for my sister-in-law who'd already had it recently. Already had it, yeah. 
And the reason for that was then we kind of drove for about an hour and a half to a country pub, an awesome country pub. Right. We had to kind of go there one day when we kind of had way too much time on our hands. Um, and we started, we ran out of venues in the CBD in the Fortitude Valley, had to go to the country. Um, anyway, so an hour and a half to get there in a car, hour and a half to come back. So you're breathing in all the air and everything. Um, next day she starts coughing and whatever. Um, right. And you know the day after that, after we kind of kept telling her to bloody get a test, get a test, get a test, yep. she yep. eventually tested herself and was positive. Uh, so we then kind of left. We went, okay, holidays over. We're going back to Brisbane. We're going to drop you back at your unit. See you later. Good luck with that. Right. We have to go into isolation now. Yes. This is Mrs. Amby me because my kids were at home. Okay. We went to isolation. I went for about three days and that my daughter and my son for some reason thought you know what do a rats test if you come back out negative then you can come out because we were basically isolating just in in bedrooms okay oh right we're okay. doing the proper thing yep and uh came back as you know negative on that test so we all came out of okay. the you know um bedrooms and the next and that night i felt like absolutely and i actually said to them i said i don't really don't think i should be coming out of, of the you know, the room because I've got a sore throat you know I know that's a bit of a thing that happens and no no it's okay you're negative so that night I was sleeping my throat's really sore I'm getting like the nasally crap that drips down your throat and going and I kind of literally like every minute you're about to fall asleep then there's like and it's like Ugh. next morning when I've got a PCR six o'clock that night positive yeah but because I've been feeling yeah. shit I kind of took myself voluntarily back into yep. my own little isolated thing. Yep. At that point in time, my son went, well, I'm not hanging around for this. I'm going over to his girlfriend's for seven days. <laughs> so yeah, that's cool, no worries, son. go over there. I had my seven days, I was really, really particular, like I only, I only was in this nine square metre room. The only time I could go out was to kind of go to the the bathroom and also had access to a deck for a little bit of fresh air and have you know a yep. bunch of breakfast and things um so i got through that didn't infect anyone in my house meanwhile my son who's over at the girlfriend's place the mother then gets covered oh and it goes that way and then it went all the way through that family so i think all five or six of them now including my son today now have covered so um we won't be seeing him again for another seven days at least <laughs> <laughs> so this goes to show, look, it's it spreads fast. spreads around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the good part is also now that I've just had it, I've got no problems going to PoppyCon this yeah, weekend. This weekend. It's this weekend. Too. This weekend. When this I recording mean, comes out, it'll be around the time I'll be just about to hop on a plane. So PoppyCon, you excited? I am excited. I mean, more excited if my drinking partner was there, yes, but I've got right, uh, right, other yeah. drinking partners I can hang with. So that's uh, plenty of people get a drink. That's the <laughs> but no, that'll be good. I'll be taking down the uh, the recorder and hopefully get a chance to catch up with some players down there. Yes. Um, actually, one thing we should quickly 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 mention for uh, listeners who normally go, okay, we've gone past the five minute mark. Normally, we throw to an interview about now. Or yeah, you guys just keep so talking shit. Yeah. So we are expecting a face-to-face -face guest to join us. Yep. Uh, who is um, often on V Diplomacy and um, is a local. Yes. So, so local Brisbane Diplomacy player. So we get to meet Macker in 
where the Macca turns up. Whenever Macca turns up. So, what time is that? Well, Macca said anytime around at 5 o'clock onwards. So, anyway, at some point in time, you may find us all of a sudden go, okay, we just have to pause the interview before we then, sorry, pause this, this conversation before we then kick off that bit of the show. That bit of, that, that bit of the thing, yeah. But I am looking forward to um, the weekend. Yes. So, do you have a country you would like to, that you're hoping to play? I would love to do, I don't know, actually. I was going to say I'd love to do the Germany-Russian thing, but I really don't want to as well because that's what like I saw work so well there last time and I don't really think you want alliance systems to become predictable in a tournament from one year to the next. Were you involved with Germany-Russia at the last tournament? I was involved from the point of view of being the recipients of that Being destroyed alliance. by yeah. <laughs> So what, what works well against the Germany Russia? Ooh. Well you really need I would have thought Austria and Turkey to not be at loggerheads and to coordinate throw yes. those two off balance. Yes. You obviously need a very strong, you know, entente between France and England to do that as well, maybe. Well, you need, well, Austria and Turkey need to not fight. That is ally, that, 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 well, yeah, I mean, ideally allied, but at least not fight. And that's a hard, that's, that's a hard, a hard sell to Austria that's a hard and a hard sell to Turkey. And Turkey, yeah, have done it, but it's a hard sell. I know, I've tried selling that over and over again. Whenever I draw fucking Turkey, not Turkey, Austria, yeah. in a tournament, like particularly like a virtual tournament, I've tried this a few times, trying to convince Turkey that no one will see this coming, let's partner up. And of course, Turkey goes, oh, that's a great idea. And then sharpen the knives. Right, sharpen the knives, just bam, got me straight away as soon as they've you know, captured their, you know, their normal supply centre from Bulgaria. I think you have to... I think Turkey has to be the one that raises it and thinks Austria. I don't see that it's working in the inverse. Because if Turkish player... Sorry, Turkey needs to bring up. Yes, you're yeah. right, 100% correct. Yeah. I think Turkey has to want to be Austria-Turkey alliance. That's what I think. Yeah, that's far more powerful as a sell than the other way around. Yeah, 100% correct. Austria approaching Turkey pretty much things to um, his back. So we'll just pause for a sec. Pause it. Back again, alright. And we're back. Cheers. 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 And we're joined by Macca. Hello. Uh, hello. So, I was just off, we we're just off tape and I was explaining to Macca that I was just opining on the fact that Turkey really has to be the one to convince Austria to go against the Germany, Russia, but you had a different take on that matter. I think that with Germany and Russia sort of surrounding Austria already, it's Austria's kind of, especially Austria is, is usually often dies early anyway, it's pretty dead in the water. So I think the counter to that would actually be Italy-Turkey, sort of coming up behind Austria, taking them out. You end up in a similar-ish position, but you have a bit more centres behind you and enough power to maybe go and make an attack on Russia-Germany. Okay. What does, in that sort of scenario, what would be the ideal France-England 
situation? Like, I mean, do I, they get involved or? Uh, they... I mean, in a perfect world, if you're this Italy Turkey group, you want them to also be attacking Germany and Russia because Austria go for Norway, France is coming straight through in the middle. Like, if you're trying to take out them, if you get four people, is better than two people, right? So, right. in a perfect world, you want them attacking. But as long as they're not attacking Italy, as long as they're off you, then you've got something. So the only thing about your cunning plan is the fact that you've already worked out that Russia and the Germany have been kind of, since spring 1901, they've gone off to a corner for about 10 minutes. Yeah, that makes sense at that point in time, everyone goes, something's going on here. But it would be totally different if they just kind of had only Bishop just brought it up briefly in conversation and it wasn't clear that the alliance was happening until some of those parties had started butting heads. Which again comes down to them being able to go, shit, we've got a problem here. Let's, you know, pull our heads out and actually get our act together. Yeah. Anyway. So let's pretend there's problems in the Balkans. Austria and Turkey and Italy and they're all in the mix and Russia's decided to, you know, make gains. Um, knowing that there's a friendly Germany and they're pushing through the um, Scandinavian Peninsula. Could you counter a strong Russia, Germany with just England and France? Do you think? Um, you don't have you don't have access to the Balkans, so that's a lot of centres you're not having. But I think you could maybe hold yourself off. I mean, Russia, I mean, England has a hard time getting its armies into anywhere. But with England's control of like the North Sea and such, Russia would be able to really come around the top. So it ends up being mostly a France versus Germany with sort of support from the top side. You could hold them off probably, but I don't know if you could fully push them back. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I mean, Ambie and I have tried this. We've, we've played as um, Germany and Russia against the bots on, on WebDiv. Um, we've both observed just how devastating a Russia to, a Russia Germany alliance could be. And have and, been and, and smashed and, in face to face games. Yeah, at, at, both, at, the receiving end. at the receiving end of it. Um, yeah. But, so, uh, what makes that, what makes, okay, so that, that alliance it seems to be not the typical natural alliance. Germany-Russia, yeah, so what is it about that makes it... Which makes it then effective because then people don't assume it's going to happen. And, and before Macca turned up, we were talking about... Tape around no, the no. whole Austria-Turkey thing. No, that was on. That was that on was tape before. and then Macca arrived. Um, but what other combinations people don't expect that might actually work well? Yeah. So we've been working I know one. So, like, England and Italy against France. England, Italy against France. You'd have to have, you'd have, to have Germany on side for that. Yeah, and Austria. and Austria. Austria doing the same thing. <laughs> <And Turkey>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, Mako, how long have you been involved with diplomacy, mate? Three years, I think. Three, Three years. years? Okay. How did you get into it? So I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, oh, yeah. that sort of person, um, yeah. and there's this guy I watch who has this series about tricks the Dungeon Master, um, how to do it. and he has this whole episode um, that he just talks about the game diplomacy, how, what the rules are, how you play it, what the strategy is, and he's like, this is really interesting stuff you want to know, if you want to discuss diplomacy in your Dungeons and Dragons world, and like, how the big players move around, but he's like, I recommend just going, it's a great game, go and play it, you can play it at this website, Web Diplomacy, um, you should just go and give it a while. So I went and did it, I was like, this is pretty fun. And I found VDIP and I thought this is even more fun, all these crazy maps. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and here I am. So 
bit of, bit of one diction later, and here we are. Oh, fantastic. Have you ever played face to face? Uh, no. No, it's a, yeah. yeah. Would you be interested in going to a competition? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we need to get our own shit together. We need to get a <laughs> game out of it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we've just been waiting for the whole COVID thing yeah, to blow yeah. over, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, but Ampy's going down to uh, PoppyCon um, this weekend, so. Best of luck. Yeah. He's going to need it. I'm going to need it. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't got Kana misordering his. <laughs> well, there's some heavyweights there, I imagine. Peter oh, McNamara, Mel Cole, Jamal. Jamal, yes. He's, he's, he's bloody. He's a solid player, Jamal. He's a very solid player. Yep. His brother would be there too, maybe. Yeah. Shane Cooper's isn't too bad as well. He's not to be messed with. True. Anyway, he's up against some stiff competition. <laughs> um, Oh, I wonder. I wonder if my doppelganger will be there. Doppelganger. Yeah, I talked about this last episode. Look, so last time we went to Popicon, remember there was this one guy who kind of he was roughly my height and build, same colour hair or whatever. And probably heard this on the podcast once before. And like a player confused me for him and was telling me all the details about what he was going to do to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I went over and talked to this other guy and he said, yeah, he's kind of got a few. I said, let's milk this for what it's worth. <laughs> and we get through. So go back to the, sorry, anyone interested, go back to the old, the Poppycon episode from like, right. two years back. No, a year back? Yeah. That was cancelled last year, was it? Yeah, you're right, two years back. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, it was just before COVID really kicked off because we started going, I mean, why are people wearing masks occasionally here in the airport? And, yeah, I remember looking at the airport and seeing the hustle and bustle and thinking, oh, something's going on here. Something, yeah, it's, this is all going to go, this is all going to change, so, yep. Variants. What's your favourite variant, Macca? Favourite variant? I don't know if I have one. I like think because if a variant you can just go into a new map, but you don't have to, like, if you're playing the normal performance map, people know that stuff really well, they know where the stalemate lines are, and there's like a base level knowledge to make yourself good at it. Whereas a variant, no one can be expected to know where all the stalemate lines are. So I, I probably haven't played any variant more than twice. I just, oh, wow. maybe there's going to be a couple in there that I've done more than that. Maybe What's that? Maybe a particular number of people, play them, or if they're like a more popular variant, I'll do that a couple times. Or if I'm like showing my mates something like this one's cool, try this one. Or yeah, but I like moving around so that we. I don't. I don't know the ins and outs of the map, and I don't expect myself to know the ins and outs of the map. I just go, let's just attack England and see what happens. See, see what the outcome is going to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the alliance structures and variants are much more fluid because you know who would have like honestly. Like, okay, I take Europa Ring, Europe Renovatio. Right, yeah, this big 52 player, you know, monster of a map. And who would have ever thought, just looking at the board and analysing and just working it out, that there's this massive, great big stalemate line that runs in the far north of Russia all the way down over the Eurasian plain and kind of ends up on the other side of the Balkans. And if you can hold that line, there's nothing any northern invader can do to break through to the Black Sea. And I would have never have known that. Apart from having experienced this horrible, horrible stalemate for <laughs> many, many years, but it 
it hasn't got that depth, as you say, the history to, to look and say, oh yeah, I know there's a stalemate line that runs through Munich, or I know there's a stalemate line that if these two players, are, two countries are going to join up and that they're really strong, then we need to start thinking about shoring up around you know, the eastern coast of the Mediterranean, or oh, the way their units are situated, they don't have a fleet there to be able to hold Tunis, right? But that, that's the knowledge that from, from, from the diplomacy traditional now. Oh yeah, if you're familiar with Starlight Lines and stuff. But even then, <laughs> well, you think about, like, we've had... Don't tell me Andrew Goff hasn't, hasn't studied Starlight Lines. I'm sure he hasn't. But, like, you think about, like, AI and all those types of things at the moment. You know, the fact that bots know how to play diplomacy and play diplomacy very well, but they don't know what a Starlight Line is per se because they can't think. But they just, by default, to start that line because they're looking at the way our people have played the game to work out how they should play the game, not knowing that's what you need to do. Speaking of which, did Kess just get back to you about making bots easier? He did. For the noob? Yeah. He did. Um, I can't have to go find the email. But I'm pretty sure he kind of said, um, yes, that's um, doable. Um, and he also said his dad would love to go to Comic Con, but it's too late and has been up front. Paraphrasing on that last one, but basically, yeah. Um, but yes, can't remember. Yeah, he kind of said that's fine. Do you play bots on web dips? Um, I've tried a couple times and been destroyed completely. Yeah. Um, I just, I find like, I like have a particular, I play Turkey, I have a particular move trying to take, I think I lost Con. Not, not Con, I lost. Bulgaria, that's the one next to it, right? Yeah. I lost Bulgaria and I just spent five years doing the exact same order set trying to retake Bulgaria. And the one time I changed it up, because the bot was also support holding in the exact same way for five years. So I changed it up one time, and that was the one time they decided to change it up and I lost Con. And so the bots, are, I think, are, I think are psychic, firstly. Psychic? <laughs> um, so I just, I'm not good enough, and I just keep losing. So I haven't done it for a while. It's just... They're very good. They, yeah, they, they are. I mean, I'm, yeah, I don't win against them. <laughs> yeah. But we played them since we tried our unbreakable lines. Yeah, we had to get special games set up for that. And then contact a mod over at oh. Web Dips to allow for us to meta game on those. Yeah. Because yeah. you can't two people join and then force the rest of the Oh! Yes. How did we do that? We randomly made a whole heap of games yeah. and said, we don't want anyone else to join, can you make the rest of these players boss? Ah, yeah, you're right. I did about that. Did they change that? So it used to be a setting you could turn on that if no play, if none of the players joined by the start time, it would just give you bots for how many players you currently have. Last year, that's how it worked. I haven't been on WebDip for a while. This is well, like about eight months ago. Yeah, we can choose the system then. Like we can put like a five-minute like start oh, yeah. counter. Or even if you, you just and me join, yeah. put a password on the game. No one can join. Oh yeah. Yeah, but want to open multiple ones to make sure that we're, you know, we get the different combinations of oh, countries. Yeah. But even then, let's say hypothetically we open five games, yep. and we luck out, and on three occasions we both get Turkey and Russia. Well, you just go cancel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favourite country to play, Maka? 
I think England. England? Yeah. Fleets are cool, I guess. It's, yeah. Convoying is kind of fun, you know, surprise armies, so... Well, they're not surprise Good. armies, are they? You can see them being built and you go, they're going to go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, it's true, it's true. It's like, yeah, I'm going to convoy to Norway and then, bam, you got Belgium. Oh, yes, okay, sorry. Oh, there's an army there. So, I thought you were talking about more like subsequent builds. Like, you know it's going to happen, but where's it going to go? Yeah. I love, I love the fleets because of that. You know. Especially when you've got other people, other fleets around, you can really do some fun sort of convoy craziness. Do you have a worst country to play? Austria. Austria. My first ever game was Austria. Uh -huh. First one eliminated. We're like 03, 04, I was completely gone. It's just, there's so many enemies around you. And you got to just go in all directions and just... Too, too, many, too many things to keep an eye on at once. Austria is my bogeyman as well. Always. So that's the country you don't want to play in Pokemon. Yeah. Yes, but you remember a few years back when we did our Christmas, one of our Christmas shows and you kind of gave me like this Playboy game of games or sorry, <laughs> the games. Yes. Published in 1978 or something. I really found at the time when I read that, I went, oh, that's quite insightful because there's a whole heap of things there where people don't think that approach anymore. Probably because of that word. Uh, <laughs> but I thought at the time, but it makes sense. I wonder if it's worth me maybe just dusting that off or maybe taking it down on the flight to Melbourne because you won't be going rack, rack, rack in a year. True, yes. I think, you'd, I think you'd be better served by doing that than trying to... Um, that crazy eastern attack as Germany well I'd only probably do that as Germany if Russia decided they didn't want to do the German Russian thing but you need Italy to be involved somehow don't you no 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 that's a totally different strategy that's when you're playing Italy uh. and you want to attack France but you've got to convince Germany to allow you to so that France doesn't see it coming Oh, to do the, 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 the northern outline. Yeah, the northern outline, you've got to go Venice yeah. to Tyrolia. Yes. Make sure that Germany's on board with you going Tyrolia to Munich for the build. So you've got two builds, and then you kind of end up swinging out of Munich, coming down onto Burgundy and everything like that, into France, because France is going to go, well, I don't expect that if you just take it from Germany. But I think it is, again, this is the same type of thing you said when we were talking earlier about Austria and Turkey. Austria approaching Turkey saying we should get together is nowhere near as powerful as Turkey's to Austria saying we should get together. Correct. This yeah. is the same yeah. thing. We need actually Germany to go to Italy and say, let's take out France with this crazy plan. Because when Italy <laughs> says it to Germany, it doesn't go down well yeah. to Germany. Get stuff. Yeah, I'm not thinking of Munich. Oh, you crazy there. Yeah. I hope there we can. go. That's what I hope my buddy gets. Oh, no, 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 no. I think I, go, I think I planned to let this one drop on Friday this week, hopefully. So um, that would be before PoppyCon, so I might give away my gameplay. Or am I? Or are you? Well, you have to, you have to pull Germany anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> what other type of things like that? Like, we've talked before around that whole England and Italy working together. We've said that before. What other type of things yeah, are 
non-conventional that might work that I could probably employ in my gameplay. If I'm not going to use the Playboy book of games. Because I don't um, want to do all the stuff that's currently trending. Oh, the key Lepando is trending at the moment. So is it? Yeah. I thought that went, I thought that's been and gone. I thought no, Key Lepando was, was, was the thing to do two, three years ago. Oh, it was. Yeah. But do you think, I don't know, I reckon that might show its pace. The slow growing Italy is the key trendy thing now. Oh, McNamara took that to, to the uh, to first place, didn't he? So, um, I don't know, Mac, you got a, like a favourite opening or a, a crazy strategy that you never quite pulled off that you think would be really cool? It's been a while since I've played a classic map. One of the ones that I think would be really cool is to do. Like, there's a lot of. I, I know Russia, Turkey, right? They're. Um, you know, that whole juggernaut thing, but as a way to get Turkey out of that Balkan barrier, you know, just to break through um, into. into Southeast into Austria, I reckon there'd be some really interesting convoy opportunities to get an army from, I don't know, it's Armenia, isn't it? Across. Convoy across, but then you'd have to have a friendly thing and happy, you'd have to have Russia agreeing to simulate dastardly deeds and letting them into the Black Sea. And so this is, oh, so this is where you convoy Armenia and Yeah, you slingshot an army of yours across to, say, Romania, and then you let the Russian fleet in the Black Sea move through Constantinople into the Aegean. So that would have to be happening in... When's the slingshot work then? That's in fall. Autumn, yeah. But then, oh, so you're actually giving... Russia No. So Russia moves so the fleet into the Black Sea okay. and then in autumn they convoy your army across into Romania or Bulgaria. The Russian convoys. Oh, and the Turk goes into Aegean. And the Turk moves to the Aegean. And then the following year the Russian fleet moves from the Black Sea into Constantinople in spring and then out into the Aegean in Autumn. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Maybe with support in yeah. the right? that, that really kind of actually that takes, the, takes the juggernaut up a level. Like, that makes it serious. If we ever kind of draw another Russia-Turkey unbeatable alliance, we should try that. Try that one. You guys did try it last time. I did it. Did we try it? <laughs> <laughs> did work? Well, it did, but it, it was just a slow grind. I think it worked better against a human player. We're like bloody guinea pigs who chose the same maze and we go, yeah, we're going to go that way! Not realising that's the way we've always gone. <laughs> oh, okay. I still reckon that'll be a fun one to do. I but think, you yeah, need face-to-face, face maybe. Yeah, you need Italy to be a bit clueless about what's going on in that space. Okay, so I've, I've got options here as a... But who's the, the power there is in... Sorry. Turkey needs to be proposing that to Russia rather than the other way around. Yeah, I reckon 
Well, Turkey really. might be open to it if Russia proposes it. I guess this but way, Turkey still gets... Okay, so normally Turkey, at the end of the first year, will only get one supply server. Bulgaria. Right? Unless it's lucky. Yes. What this does is it still gets only one supply centre, because it loses con, but presumably you're no, far more likely... Con. It moves through con. No, no, but in fall. Doesn't the Russian go into con and fall? No, no, no. Autumn Russia convoys Armenia across into Bulgaria to slingshot that, and then moves through Constantinople in spring, and then out to the Aegean in autumn. So, Right, so, in which case, Turkey gets two builds down in the south, Potentially, yeah. Russia doesn't get any bills from the south. So he'd be reliant on the northern campaign. So you need to have a Russian who is who's more interested in a northern campaign. Yeah, I mean, from, from the point of view of... Sorry, this Turkey, is just trying to help me with my game plan on the weekend. Turkey or Russia, right? <laughs> if, if the proposal to slingshot an army from Armenia across to Bulgaria... If, if you're Turkey and Russia goes yes, yes, yes and then bounces you in the Black Sea, you haven't lost anything. You've still got, your, you've still got Bulgaria, but you now have an army in Armenia. Right? Alternatively, if you're Russia and Turkey still decides to bounce you in the Black Sea, right? well, you've not lost anything anyway because maybe you've moved to Ukraine. Or to support into Romania, I don't know, but yeah. You're out of a drink. I am. Can I go get you one? Yes, please. Do you want a fat yak again? Yes. Matt, are you good? I'm good. And we're back. Cheers. 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 Alright. So, Matt, you've been hanging out at VDIP for a while now, for several years. Um, I'm interested to hear what variants you've played from one of their more illustrious game designers, Andy. Ah, <laughs> oh, bullshit. Uh, variant creators. Probably none. <laughs> no, you, you, you've made a few. Have you played any of um, Andy's? I'm actually in a Pirates game right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah? How are you finding that? It's going all right. All right. Yeah. Who'd you draw? Um, one of the Pirates, the brown one. Oh, is that Bartholomew? I think it's The Rock. Oh, The Rock, yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's gone, gone alright. <laughs> Straight out of my head. Um, I, I, I do know with this variant there's main colonial powers and there's pirate powers. And then there's privateers. Privateers. And privateers as well, right? Yeah. So and a tornado. Yeah, I don't know a tornado. Hurricane. A hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you a privateer or a pirate? Pirate. Yeah. Oh, a pirate. Yeah. So, Am I right that a pirate can attack anyone? Yeah, pirates can attack anyone. Yeah. Anyone can attack the pirates, as I found. <laughs> End of O2 and I am still on four centers. Oh. How many do you need to win on the pirates, mate? I haven't looked that far ahead. Okay. It's a fair number. It's a fair number. Okay. Is that the only variant you've played? No. I've done mate against mate, of course. Of course. Give it a whirl. Had it in my the Around the World tournament. No, I was going to talk. I was going to ask you a little bit around that for the moment. We'll, get, we'll talk about the Around the World tournament soon. We keep going. Mate against mate is 
good. Um, I, I, got, I think I got Queensland when I played that as well, so it was a great time. Um, <laughs> I made the droid. That was an excellent game, excellent game. Love that, Matt. Um, did you say, the last episode, Mars was one of yours as well? Oh, Mars no, is Mars is kind of Yours. Yes. I got a solo on Mars, one of like four solos I have total, so that, that was pretty good. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Congratulations. Because it was a PPSC game. Um, and the other guy didn't notice that, so when we were going for the draw, I kind of like jumped him, and then he felt pretty good about that. Which power did you play in Mars? The red one. That's what starts down at the bottom right, is it? Or is it? Maybe. Maybe. Anyway. Might have been the yellow one. Okay. The ending was between red and yellow, and I was one of them, and I won. Congratulations. So. Yep. What else have you done? I've probably played many of them. 1066. 1066. What does it look like? Uh, it's like very like ye olde thing. The, it's England. England. The three people one? Yeah, England. I kind uh, of look the, at that one, but there's no Norwegians. One, no one the, joins those games. I've tried a couple Germans. times, but. It's only a three player game. People should join that. Um, what else we'll see? Um, American Conflict, which. Most people don't remember. That's a who controls America, isn't it? No, that's who controls America. Oh. Who controls I've, done, America? I've done that one. You done that one? How'd you find that? With the yeah, the target. <laughs> target. <laughs> I didn't win, um, but pretty. This map is pretty simple. Like you can see all the names very easily. That's the thing with pirates is I can't. Oh, the names are so small. Yeah, I know. It's I know. Hard yes. to like work out what's. I'm in a game at the moment of, you know, of um, Atlantic colonies, and it's exactly the same thing. It's like some areas are so densely, you know, packed in that you can't even bloody work out what's connected to what. Yeah. I, mean, and I, know, I know Kane has had thoughts on how to, to resolve that with fish eyes and things like that. Yeah, like you put a circle over that spot of just zoom magnifying that particular region. What was the name of that one colonial one that you American Conflict was American one Conflict. which is like the Civil War. I think I mentioned this in the DBN thing. It's a civil war but with European powers getting involved. So I just forgot the name of it. So it's this one uh, here. Okay. Before I haven't done that powers. one. I've done I've done the regular Civil War one, but not that one. Yep. I think what else was there? Anything else? You have done something else. I feel like you've done something else. Talking about that ninja game, Ninja Variant Forever. Yeah, ninjas versus samurai. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a good one. And then there was one around using nuclear weapons. Yeah, which I actually was thinking about the other day as a result of Vlad. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, that wouldn't be very cool to make right now, <laughs> just in case. Mm, kind yeah, of, kind of, you know. Although, um, theoretically, that's a really interesting game concept. And then you had one with the rising sea level. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. There was first off the one I almost got finished was um, there's two versions. There's that one, which was like you know um, full of flooding of different areas. Yes. So like a global warming one. But then there's another one which was like a uh, what do they call it? All the ice and everything. Ice age. An ice age one. With the sea level drops. There's something yeah, else. Let me find you, Abby. I'm pretty sure there is something else. Doesn't matter. Um, but you didn't answer the question, which was which of the ones that you've played you like the best of those ones? It has to be made against me. Like, <laughs> made against me. It's the only Australian map on the website, and yeah, it's true. 
it was definitely needed at the time. How, what's, your, what's your thoughts on the fact? Well, not your thoughts. Probably, I know, I know what your answer is going to be, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So, actually, I'm going to rephrase the question so it's not so leading. So, at the moment within VDIP, we don't really have many new maps being added. Um, what are the what things do you think needs to change for us to be in a better position for that to happen? Um, I think, well, firstly, if uh, the people who currently have maps in development, if they can move through that process, that's, that's gonna, quickly, that's a couple maps in the on the table. But then also having people, but whenever there's a new map, there's always a banner at the top saying, hey, there's a new map, there's a development and such, and then people go, oh. I haven't seen that for so long now. People can make maps of yep. the better world. So I got a mate, Bob McBob, oh, yeah. is, um, was in the process, when I did Around the World the first time, yep. um, he was in the process of designing another Australian map because we just got sick of there only being one, but school got a lot, and I don't know, I pretty shelved at this point, um, but... Yeah. Having options for variants to actually be added, I think, would help more variants be added. I, I agree with you. Um, I think we've kind of... There's no point skirting around the issue, really. The problem is that um, the owner of the site, Ollie, um, is really quite busy with real life. Um, and he isn't able to give as much time to the site as... Yeah. Um, he has in the past, which allowed for basically, you know, a whole heap of variants to be created or ported across, like stuff only existed in email form and we were able to put it into PHP and quite lively when that happens and the more that come out, the more, like you say, the more people want to make and do and all of that. Help yourself, mate. Um, but at the moment it's just sort of stuck in the development phase and that they can't move forward without owning the site. The site owner actually doing that bit of code. But now, um, so now with Toby having greater access, is that obviously that hasn't changed or Toby's been focusing more around how do you make sure that the platform itself is stable first? From, my, from our conversation with him that seemed to be what I took away. It wasn't going to be so much that variants are going to get added, it's going to be more uh, back-end stabilisation processes. Yeah, make sure it doesn't just kill into a big peak. Yeah. In an ideal world, I feel that WebDiff and VDiff could be a bit more closely married. If there was the ability to make variants more live. You know, but they're not—they're not the same website, but there's a similar command structure that allows for these, you know, things to happen. That was just my take on the whole thing. That's all right. Because it is. I mean, like how long's Pete been out for now? Like eleven years, maybe eleven years. Definitely, definitely over ten. Might be eleven. Not counting whether you include the OliDiff thing. Or was OliDiff counted as part of the Diff? Before it was Goon Diff, wasn't it? Before I don't know. Was... I don't remember Goon Diff. I must have come in late to the party. 
it might be the rival variant site, I don't know. Um, so you say goon dip and I think it's goon bags. I was going to ask another question earlier on about, I think maybe Kane has talked about too. I'm trying to recall, we, we would have obviously played games together in on the site. And I probably should have actually had my shit together and done some homework beforehand to work out what those games were. But is there anything that springs to mind from your perspective? The winning thread game. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be completely honest, was the reason I signed up to the Patreon in the first place, was to try and get into your head. Right? It was totally <laughs> just me trying to work on what you were doing. Because, yeah, no, <laughs> clearly. And I was like, actually, this is pretty fun. I'll stick around. But at the time I joined, the Patreon episodes were desynced. They're actually, they were like four weeks behind at one point. So we didn't actually, the only, the things I learned were things I knew from like three phases ago. So it didn't actually help me at all. Well, that was the point, wasn't it? Make sure that we kind of didn't give anyone a natural advantage. But I stuck around. It was pretty fun. But, yeah. That game was great. Yeah. Actually, but the winning, but the winning thread in the forum. So, for listeners who don't know, on VDIP, as with most diplomacy platforms, there's a forum. And one of the forums over in VDIP, I think we've talked about this before, but just in case anyone's new, is called Winning. And the point is, for somebody to win that game, and the game is just what well, the game is. The, the third to last person who posted wins but only really technically at the point of time that the server closes down. So you never really know who it is. Not necessarily, the no. thread has to lock. Oh, the thread's So locked. the way the platform works is after a period of inactivity, yep. when other threads have been posted above it, a, a thread will lock and not be able to be. Ah. Correct, yeah. So. It'll never bloody lock based on the current <laughs> posting schedule. With golf, with you guys going <laughs> off on there. But the thing oh, is, so. been interesting is like, I don't know if you've done the same thing, but there's like a number of Australians on the list. Yourself, myself. It's, it's mostly Australians. Should we rename it the Australian thread? Versus, so Australians versus non-Australian thread. Yeah, I, I think. And I always deliberately like you. You were you were winning for quite a while, and I deliberately held off on posting because I you appreciate know, it. Aussies have got to win. And then, like, you always do this where... Sorry, not, you, you're, not, you're, not, you're not personally responsible, but you always seem to be lucky enough that you'll be winning for, like, almost a week, and then all of a sudden go for or somebody will start posting. It's because I check the thread, like, five times a day, and if I'm ever not winning, I'm not in line to winning, I will post. And so <laughs> it just means there's a high percentage of my posts in there at all times because I'm, I need to be winning all the time. So oh. it just happens that other so, people don't care and I'm obsessive, so... The thing you both are missing is the metagame because you need to get other threads more views and more interaction and that's where the attention needs to be to allow for the winning thread to drop off and lock well hasn't that been working though with whoever's been doing the spamming lately because it's kind of the spamming stuff has kind of come up higher it's got it but it's got to go like three or four pages into into the archive before it'll lock right so what you need to do is to start posting topics around uh, controversial diplomacy, um, points per supply versus winner take all. That always that kicks stuff off. Oh, yeah. um, you need to make some posts around um, how gunboat is not a serious um, 
very into play. <laughs> so um, what, you, you meant to kind of, you, you, you channel your inner Trump and apply it to a diplomacy context. Yes. And just like needlessly pick fights around a whole heap of issues. Well, the point is to distract people from focusing on the winning thread when you're at point at third to last, right? And have all these other people focusing on these other topics and allow for that thread to drop Stop. off and lock. Because at the moment it's the most live thread on. But what you would need you know, to do. A lot of people hide it, by the way. Yeah, so <laughs> I did for like years. <laughs> I was part of the winning thread, like when it started, and then I like hid it for like about eight or nine years until you said last last time when I got back into it, <laughs> yeah. you told me that that wasn't the condition of winning. That the condition of winning was when the server moved onto a different platform which resulted in all the threads, including the winning thread, being closed. Essentially, that's another way, because that thread will no longer be And you then to told me that was about to happen, which was two years ago. That's all he said it was. Yeah, then, you know, COVID happened. <laughs> and I've subsequently been called, called into the game. Um, but what I was going to say, based on your theory, which makes a lot of sense, actually, had actually properly win the winning thread. Yes. You would actually need to make sure you also pick topics that the people who regularly participate in the winning thread would be like confused by and focus on those for getting the winning thread. That's what so I'm like saying. There, needs to, be, there needs to be a politics type discussion going on. Get a boss game happening. Um, focus on, you know, yeah, some of this stuff. Getting that. Those ones that kick stuff off. The merits of um, yeah. who's winning right now? Who should who should should you play for a draw or should you always play for a solo? I mean, that's guaranteed to kick off debate. Let's find out who's winning. Oh, he's got his threats. Winning, winning's already been pushed. Oh no, it's been one. I mean, alternatively... Oh, Butterhead's winning now, thanks to me, from like about two hours ago. Mm. So you're going to be winning soon. If Kana, pub, if Kana posts now, you'll start winning, Macca. Yeah. Oh, you want me to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Um, tell you what, I'll tell you what, I'll, tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll post something. I'll post something. That's also the reason that I often post just full stops. Because if I can't think of something interesting to say, I still need to say something because I need to get my I need to get my horse back in the race to yeah. try to be winning again. So I will just if I can't think of anything funny to say, I'll just put a full stop and post it, and it will do the conversation will move faster and I'll be winning again. Yeah, okay. I always took it as like similar to that. As as the point of who was reading it, it was like you want to be part of the game but you're not necessarily contributing to the band or it's case of, hey, I'm still here, I want to win. Yeah. You almost posted, Kana? Oh, just posted. Alright, so, Maka, you're up. Thank you. Your post is. Oh, okay. Oh, 
This is not this is not following your own strategy. I'm thinking about running a new course game. Any interests out there? You should have created that as a separate thread. What you actually need to do now is see my new thread. Great. <laughs> get the interest, get a bit of turnover, ah, send that interest into a different thread. Oh, around the same time you become third to last posting. About then. About then. <laughs> <laughs> you get the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not going to win against Gopher. He's not going to let you guys win. <laughs> what Single is it with, um, Okay, so VDIP's got the winning screen. Right. Got nothing to do with actually the game diplomacy. <laughs> no. Is it WebDIP or is it PlayDIP that has all the mafia shit going down? WebDIP, WebDIP. So what is it with diplomacy players? You have a dedicated website about the game diplomacy, <laughs> and yet that's not enough. You have to go off and create a totally non-diplomacy related game that's still within the confines of the environment, the platforms we play in. Well, whenever I whenever I, whenever I visit WebDiv, the first place I look is the politics sub-forum. 100%. I find it fascinating what goes on there. What why? On there? I mean, why not? I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's an interesting... I've never played Mafia. What's the other one that goes with it? Werewolf is the other one. It's essentially the same thing. It's Mechanically, same it's the thing, same. Right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's because I just didn't want to digest the rules. But games like Dude to Last Post or even Anchor at Present. Oh, now we've played Anchor at Present for ages. It's about time a new thread popped oh, up. Oh, yes, very <laughs> clever. Probably in about the Third to Last Post by you. Or if someone else was to answer after me and, you know. I believe you're like second to last right now. Yeah, but that'll put me back to being third to last. But we do need a good game of Ankara Crescent. You familiar with Ankara Crescent or Ankara Crescent as well? No, I don't know what that is. It's an excellent game to participate in. Keep an eye out for it on the forum. The rules are subtle, complex, <laughs> can be a little bit confusing at times, but there's definitely. Um, Definitely worthwhile participating in Macca. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there, keep an eye out for isn't it. Isn't actually there is a proper Ankara Crescent variant? Yeah, someone's actually made a variant variant, but that's not what we're talking about. So, you're going to deliberately keep it vague just to kind of get Macca to participate in your screen and put the other one down? Oh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm not talking about the variant, I'm talking about, you know, Ankara Crescent on the forum. Yeah. Oh, it's not there. Oh no, maybe it's under classic. No, big classic. It is classic yeah. anchor impression. That would be a good game to kick off. No one played like the actual proper variant on the website. The actual variant. Oh, yeah. I haven't not for a long while. Um, you played Known World back up? Known World. That's a big I think I have. Big map, it's like it's a 12 player though. Not, it's not Is that where you want to do your ball scam? I was thinking balls like that, yeah. Oh, what? What would you like to prefer? What would you prefer to do about? Well, not that one. So, we still haven't got around to Macca's Around the World tournament. You know, bit of a plug for what's coming up later in the show. But remember when we had that tournament where Known World 901, there's like 12, 13 players? 15 players? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Yeah. 
somebody ran a apologies to whoever was the tournament organizer but i can't remember who actually organized it there's a tournament run where much the same way with uh, it's totally different to around the world from the tournament. No, but basically the idea being you kind of played every single country on the board and collectively how your result was was the tournament winner i played all 13 15 countries and lost every single one. This went dismally in all So, I'm not going to be signing up to a fucking boss game. Sorry, people around. Um, where oh, you're using no, that map no, because no. I know I'm going to lose. <laughs> I can't boss. win that map. I've tried them all. Can't even. I think the best I ever did, best I ever did, was maybe one game in like a four or five player draw. Maybe three. <laughs> Definitely no better than that. Okay, maybe I don't do known world. <laughs> well, you lost a player if you do known world. Okay. And that's no disservice to David E. Cohen, the creator of the map. It's just that I'm clearly inept at that map. Doesn't matter which country I draw, fucking useless. <laughs> but you know Boss changes it. Yes. And actually, that might actually work to my advantage. You're right. <laughs> Provided, what's the determining factor for winning the boss? Is it purely the currency value, or would you be looking at the combined currency and supply center thing? No, there'll be two victory conditions. There'll be a victory condition of the winner of the boss. So there's two winners? There'll be two winners, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'll be winner, right with that. Country winner. Although, now that you've mentioned it, what are you, are you familiar with how boss runs? Okay. You've explained it on the podcast once, but that was probably a year or two ago. So, yeah. so it simulates the stock market, essentially. Um, if a country's eliminated, then that country's stock can't be bought or sold. The winner of the bourse is the country that has the most um, value in the stock market. Um, the value of a stock goes up with more supply centres that a country owns, etc. So et the price is defined by the supply centre count? No, the price is defined by how much players are willing to trade for it, right? Um, you don't. You can buy as, as much as you can afford. Um, so that stock just gets imaginarily created. Another player doesn't have to sell it for you to buy it. Okay. That's where I think, and I've talked about this before in the last time. I reckon there's actually an opportunity there. To make a variant of a variant, make a variant. Variant of a variant, correct. Where you have a defined number of air quotes shares. So let's say there's only a thousand shares available in each individual country. By default, the value of those shares in each of those countries becomes more valuable as you obviously, well, obviously, A, how well they do, but B, your control of the supply of those shares and what's going on with the demand of those shares so let's say if I was playing as um, Axel or Axel and I'm doing reasonably well I don't know, actually I can't remember the, the way that this thing works you often need to kind of run down a currency buy in cheap everyone goes well, Axel's going to lose because I'm down to like only about one or two supply centers Everyone's just bailing out of it, and then you, you and a few other people who kind of you know work together, you know, 
yep. bit of bit of you know behind Lasers. the scenes action happening. Start Agree this, that's all part of the deal. And they're gonna try start throwing me supply centers. And so we're gonna dish. buy up my my stuff too. So everyone's getting rid of their, their stuff, we buy up in it, and then all of a sudden everyone wants to buy into it. I think there needs to be three winners. There needs uh, to be the winner of the boards, the winner of the board, and the combined winner of the horse and the board. Somehow. The grand the, the grand, grand horse master. Horse master. Okay, so if it's not known world, what map should it be? It needs well, to be reasonably sized. But you also need to have a, the right number of people who are interested. There's no point choosing, like, your upper renovatio <laughs> and only getting, like, 12 people saying, yeah, I'll play. Oh, but that would be such a fun game for, yeah, no, of course, not going to have parents, so that's going But this yeah. is where you keep plugging away your thread and destroying the winning thread until it disappears. <laughs> until I get enough of renovatio. <laughs> Jesus, can you imagine how much time I'd waste each week doing that thing? Yeah, I don't think you'd actually have time to do that. Um, okay, so a manageable variant around 10 to 15 players. Ooh, no, well, 900 Well, no, no, no. Um, but also it needs to be relatively we balanced. Yeah, well, we tried doing it with the players playing the um, What happens? The what happens map, if you actually go for something that's the exact opposite? Something deliberately unbalanced. You go Renishimanto. Where you've got some players like Venice or Venezia who've got shitloads and others that are really, really small and seeing where that goes in the dynamic. That's a suggestion I'll be willing to um, ponder, entertain in the uh, boss thread that's going to start up soon, I think. Yeah. Just after I end up in, you know, third place on the, uh, on the so winning So, have we, have, we, have we suitably whetted your appetite, Macca, into playing horse? Sounds pretty fun. Uh, one more question. So much fun. When you're buying and selling country stocks, are you trading your are trading other country stocks for that? Or is it like some point currency that you're trading for? Uh, you're trading to the banker, essentially. So, so you have some currency, diplomacy bucks, that you're buying turkey stocks with. Well, you stuck where you go. Yeah, so... Um, every you start with 1,000 stock of every country. So each player each starts. Players, each player starts with 1,000 of each player's currency. Okay. So you've got 1,000 lira, 1,000 yuan, 1,000 pound, one thing, you know, blah 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 blah. At, at the uh, each turn, the player sends. Um, their orders to the banker. Every time a total of 100 units of any currency gets sold by you and Andy and everyone on the board, every 100 units of that of that gets sold, the price depreciates from a starting point of one dollar down 0.01 percent. Right? So it goes down one cent. Each time 100 units is sold, one cent goes down in value, right? So, at the start of the turn, there's 10 players, everyone sells Andy's stock, um, because, you know, they know how he's um, <laughs> such a bang hop, bang, you know, shit off diplomacy player. So they all sell, uh, you know, 100 units of his stock. The price, because 10 people sold that, is, goes down a dollar. 
10 cents, right? However, they think, oh, Mac is a good player. Um, we're going to buy 500 units of Mac's stock each, right? So you sell, and you know, you sell 100 of everyone else's, but you buy 500 of yours. 10 players for 500 each, right? So your price of your particular stock goes up to a dollar So does each player have a defined amount of currency they can spend on stocks? You can you can purchase as much as you can afford, but you can only sell 100 at a time. Yes, right. I was going to say, yeah, there's like there's like a floor on how many. There's a floor you can sell. on how much. There's, you can there's sell. an unlimited ceiling, yeah. but there's a certain so, floor. But you do have like. Uh, you have a certain amount of money that you can spend on stocks, so there is a you do have a limit on what you can buy. That it, but that limit is how much money you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then let's say you know a couple of turns down the track, everyone's bought big into your stock macker, right? It's worth an inflated amount of money, but Ambi's actually doing surprisingly well. So he's getting more victory points for entry because you only need to buy 90, 90 cents for one of his stock. And that will give you more victory points because it's got more supply centers than you who haven't actually gone so very well you've got inflated stock value but you don't have very many supply centers so the value is inflated so on that at the stock. end of the game it's scored by the amount of stock you have multiplied by the number of centers that player has cool. across the board yeah there we go now when someone posts about that you can jump in Keep the thread going. <laughs> but the, the, the fun thing about it, the really fun thing is it, it creates a whole really, it's a really interesting dynamic that happens when you when you combine the hard tactical stuff that happens on the board with that esoteric market. It's a game within stuff. a game. And it creates such a really interesting dynamic when you're talking to people and you're manipulating stuff. Um, and you guess the market right can cause some craziness as well. I remember and he gets so pissed off when he gets the market wrong. <laughs> Which happens often from there. I'm going to do the next round, so I'll get you a ginger beer, Maka. Thank you. Um, a Desperado, Desperello, Desperetto. It's a football Shiraz. Football Shiraz. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've got one. Alright. And we're back. Cheers. 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 So. Off tape before when you were getting drinks. Yes. I was just taking Naka back to the discussion around marks. Oh yeah. And in the last Patreon episode, I talked about apparently it was a Patreon episode um, around Venus, which you were once safe looking at doing. Yes. What happened to it? What happened to that? Well, what happened to it? The VTIP used to have like a wiki. That lived next to it, where you could jump on and just co-develop and post um, images. And if you're working as a group, you could work together to make, um, you know, make map edits and all that sort of stuff, and, and do that as a community thing. So my idea was there was actually going to be this is where Mars was going at the time um, was to have a Mars map, a Venus map. A Pluto map and a, um, a lunar map, right? All oh. of them terraformed. So Venus, Mars, Lunar, and Moon. 
the moon and Pluto, so there's four of them, right? Venus, Mars, Moon, Pluto. Yeah, four of them. Oh. So, each of them playable on their own map, right? I was going to suggest but, this to you as we're going to bring this up for him because he doesn't know anything about it. But he already knew it. He already knew it all. Keep going. <laughs> but the idea, and then the idea was to use those um, the inner, inner orbits and, and convoy ones and actually have them interlock in a big. See, I, thought, I thought it was Earth, Mars and Venus and that they were all kind of connected through hyperspace lanes and things so you'd be able to play like a I don't know, like a World War 4 or something type of large, some type of large scale world map Well it's going and to be like also, an intergalactic also, world map That's yeah, like what I mean, like, so you have, you have a you game know. going on on the Earth and all the players are both on the Earth but they're also on Venus and also on Mars Maybe some, uh, I don't know. No, 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 it wasn't going to be like that. So the players on Mars, there's only five players on Mars, there's five on Venus, five on Pluto, five on the Moon. And you're duking it out, you either duke it out on your home planet and and then start invading other planets from the point of view of total planetary control and push that power forward, or you can work cooperatively on your planet and push your cooperative power into other interplanetary ah, things so there's actually a total this is of, better than I thought there's a total of 20 players on the board okay but each starts with a restricted planetary environment so is it how many players per five five per map five per you know, five for Mars five for Pluto five for Venus five for yeah, the moon I find the Earth just too complex to, to really want. So you can abstract those other planets relatively easy in a way that you couldn't really abstract the Earth without political considerations. What about you do it the other way around, which is like... By the way, I like the idea. I was going to put Earth right at the middle yeah. with just a single supply centre. But... <laughs> <laughs> the other idea would be, could you kind of have something where... I don't know, so I don't know how the, the conditions would work, but you've got, it's, it's Earth, which has got all the players, and then you've got all these planets, and it's and a kind it's like of a like a colonising colony, thing, like rush yeah. for colonies, but you can also kind of just take someone out, and maybe there's victory conditions that you've got to, I don't know, you've got to, I was going to say, you like you can maintain a capital on Earth. But maybe not because you've just recolonized Mars. And you've you could do that. Earth. I mean, you could do a map of the Earth in a what are they? What, what that's a Mercator projection where you're seeing the whole of the Earth flat, and then you could go, okay, there's a limited amount of space satellite convoy positions, and then there's also a limited amount of I don't know interplanetary warp gates. That, that, that are actually accessible, right? Everyone starts on Earth. Mars is totally open and have a whole heap of resources. There's different spaceports there that have been made by robots, but it's empty. Venus is there for taking. The moon's there for taking. Mars is there for taking. Um, but everyone's on Earth, and you have to duke it out between your fellow Earthlings to try and actually get to the other planets, and it's, it's a race with the stars there. You know, the first one on a planet, you've got an, an immense head start, but to get there, you have to, you, know, you have to actually risk 
backstabbing diplomacy bastards that they are on Earth, stabbing you in the back and not actually letting you colonise because they cut you off in your, um, in your local Earth one. No, but you could do that too. I, but you yeah, need yeah. the maps. You need the maps. You need. Yeah, you need the maps. Yeah, you need the maps there. To do I was it. just thinking, like, even you do like sometimes you like a solar system one where you've got like. You've got your Mars, you've got your Venus, you've got your Earth. Yep. And then, like, Mercury's just so small, it's just like, maybe it's just one or two spots in it. Yeah, but you can go to the moons, like, but you can go, you can throw Titan I mean. in it's it, a, you can so, throw so, okay. because, because, because Jupiter on, except for Pluto, which isn't a planet anymore, is... Sorry, cancel cleaning truck. Um, or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, but yeah, you can have like your, your Jupiter and Saturn and all those other ones where you're not actually controlling the planet because it's all gas. It's more the moons than become value. Yeah, I mean, you could have a battle of the um, the heavenly spheres, you know, call it Galileo's competition, right? Because he's the one who found, you know, the, 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 the moons of Saturn, Saturn, Jupiter. But, you know, the, you know, and you could have those in each moon, you could take the like they're out there, like it's some really high definition maps of these solar planets. And it doesn't take a lot to sort of extrapolate where the ocean would be if you flooded it. Flooded it. And you get some really interesting coastlines and some plain. Yeah, that's pretty much what I did with the map with the Mars map. Yeah. Anyway, so we're talking about they're going around the solar system. Talk just about around the world. Around the world. Around the world. Yeah, it's a tournament that I ran a couple of years ago. Um, because, and I want uh, a one map from every continent. And continent is a weird word, but I just picked the six obvious ones. Um, but of course, there is only one Australia map made against Mate. So sure. therefore, there had to be an eight player, eight player or multiple of eight player tournament. And we had to pick one of eight player maps. However, go to Europe and the classic maps. The eight-player version of that is actually called USA, which is a bit of fun. Um, uh, yes. And the eight-player ain't a war without the USA. And the eight-player US map is who controls America. So it was a bit of fun. Um, I ran that two years ago. I don't remember who won. <laughs> but but yeah, I was reading it last night, and yes. I can't remember who won. And my plan was always I'll do it again in two years. Are you going to? Um, then I just remembered the other day. Um, it's two years. I was like, it's, it's been two years. <laughs> um, so I put out, posted on the forum about it. Uh, if anyone's interested in doing it again, um, it'll be a series of eight get six, six. I don't know, eight players or a multiple of eight. It's a series five. of six games. Six games. Yeah. It'll go to to the end of the year, um, possibly into the beginning of next year, because I think this is a bit later than I started it last year. But I'll put like a. If worst case scenario, pause of a Christmas and such, like okay. a series of games, you play like two, up, maximum two at a time. Um, you play them and then, yeah, uh, and I see score it with a modified version of Carnage scoring. Okay. Um, a lot of it, the info is the same as last time, but yeah, it's pretty fun. So what are the maps against? So it's made against May. Made against May. American conflict. Who controls America? Oh, who controls America? That's your. The political uh, one. The political one. America. Who controls America. Um, South American supremacy. Yeah. South America supremacy. Uh, USA, which is the Europe map, which is just like classic, but the US is in the corner. The US in it. Yep. Um, 
there is Sengoku, one of the Sengoku maps is eight players, which is oh, Japan. Oh yeah, Sengoku. So that's that's, Ooh, that's the proxy one. then for the Asian map. Yep. Um, How many are in colonial diplomacy? I suppose that's not really truly Asian though, isn't it? Because we've got, apart from what about Maharaja? How many in Maharaja? Sengoku was a bit difficult. I think I picked one of the ones that doesn't have Fog of War on it for Sengoku because there were like there's like three. Seng it's it Sengoku, 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 Sengoku. Yeah, Sengoku. There's like three or four Sengokus, and I picked one that wasn't the least complicated. Okay. Yep. Oh yeah. There's two. There's an eight-player version and a five-player version. And what about Africa? And Maharaja Af is Af seven Africa. players. Sorry? It's just called Africa. Oh, um, Africa it's, is... It's the whole, whole continent, eight players. Oh, nice and easy. Good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, eight players. Any nibbles? People want to play it? Yeah, it's on VDF. If you want to play it, post on the forums. I can get it. Once I get if enough people who are interested, then I'll go talk to the mods again about getting the thing set up. Because if you look on the tournaments tab, which is under games, there is last last time is the information from it is there. All the games are listed out. Um, so I want if, if I get enough people interested, then I'll go talk to the mods about getting that set up again. And this time, I don't have a penalty on me, so I can actually have the game set up be moderated already. Because last time I had to set up the game and then ask for the mods to get permissions and oh, then leave. Yes, yeah, and, and that penalty lasted until like the very the last game. This time I have no penalty, so and hopefully it stays that way. Um, so they'll be set up a little faster. Um, yeah, if you're interested, go to the forum and have a look. Have a look. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, um, have you thought about doing like newsletters as to how the games are like broadcasts in the forum? Like you could make a thread for um, around the world games, and you could um, be the be the impartial observer who can. I'll be posting. Um, Sounds like fun, yeah. Might give that a whirl. Sounds like fun. Sounds like fun. Very good. It's always fun reading press. I do like reading press. Especially global press. People get some really interesting thought into it. Um, I've got a couple of questions for Mac, and I think they're actually best left to like a little slightly separate Patreon episode. Okay. Alright. Is there anything that you wanted to kind of go into, Hannah, that we haven't talked about? For all of our illustrious audience? Oh, look. How about cheers? And best of luck at the uh, PoppyCon. Thank you. Yeah. And um, I guess our listeners will find out how you went on the next episode. They do. Macro, is anything you want to touch on that we haven't touched on in the Just the tournament. Show? Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone. Um, probably next episode will be bit of a Popicon Smackdown. Yes, Popicon Smackdown. I don't know how we're going to run that one yeah, because yeah. I'll probably just be going around with this thing recording everything and we might just top and tail and see how it goes. And I'll pretend I'll listen to it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll pretend I'll do it. I'm Andy. I'm Kata. I'm Macca. Cheers. Bye-bye. <laughs>